Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. How did Brett Yormark get the job done? And what is next the Big 12 Conference when it comes to realignment, the college football playoff, all of those things? That is coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. This is the Neighborhood Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Make sure you guys like the videos and subscribe to the channel if you have not done that already. That's the best way to support this show and this channel. Follow us on Twitter, slash X, at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore as well. That's where I have the Big 12 bread truck picks each week. Drive that bread truck up. We drop it off, baby. We're getting some money. Four and two week. Last week, 13 and nine overall on the season so far. Picking my favorite Big 12 games of the week. It's on Saturday mornings. If you guys can't watch the show, listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. So, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, those places are the places where you guys can find us. All right, so awesome article in The Athletic from Max Olson. The behind-the-scenes look of Brett Yormark's year-long push to get the Big 12 to 16. If you are a Big 12 fan, if you're a college sports fan, this article is worth your time. It's worth your consideration. It's worth uh, going through and reading it. struck me the most about this Max Olson piece is the, you know, kind of just how touch and go things were. For a long time, you know, we're closing in on that deadline with conference realignment and the Pac-12 and whatnot. It felt like we were hurtling towards what we eventually got, right? The inevitability of those schools, the four corner schools going to the Big 12 and Oregon and Washington joining the Big 10. But, you know, this article starts off by discussing like Mac Rhodes pacing around in New Mexico at a vacation home. And really kind of worried that like, hey, look, Arizona was right at the finish line. They were supposed to be there. But because of a Board of Regents meeting, Arizona State, you know, fighting Michael Crow. It says Michael Crow, a fervent effort to preserve the Pac-12. Like things were kind of in a weird spot. And it says, meanwhile, people didn't know what was happening at Oregon and Washington. The latest rumor was Oregon had turned down a Big Ten offer. This is what he says. The latest rumor was that contrary to reports, Oregon had turned down a Big Ten offer. Um, and it says, Mac Rhodes says, you gotta be freaking kidding me. Like this is not going to happen now. And the PAC 12 has that meeting that was scheduled for 7 AM in the last half hour before the call. And they said at that point, you know, in the morning, Mac Rhodes learned the big 10 had reached out to Oregon and then had an agreement with Oregon and Washington overnight. They were going. And then they had that meeting. And obviously at that point, things were done. But what's interesting to me about all of this is that it sounded like there was an effort to save the league that that night and that morning and the league being the Pac-12. In Oregon and Washington, we're going to go to the Big Ten. It sounds like Fox and the Big Ten were patient. But in the end of the day, I think Fox is like, well, we were really just waiting so these schools fall to us. That's kind of what we want more than anything. We kind of want these schools just to end up in our laps. And so that's kind of what we're just going to wait on for that to happen. But once they, they talked about like saving it, I think 
the Big Ten kind of made their move and Fox made their move and said, no, nah, get these guys into our league. Two big brands. We've already got a couple more West Coast brands. It kind of makes that quadrant out there, uh, you know, opens up the West Coast office. It's a smart thing for us to do. And I think for Oregon and Washington, you think about the perspective here, like you can stay in the Pac-12, that's fine. And you can talk about playoff access. But if you think about where the sport is heading, if you think about it in a five to 10 year range, where do you want to be? Do you want to be in the Pac or do you want to be in the Big Ten? And I would say the same thing for the Big 12 compared to the Big Ten. Where do you want to be? Where you really want to be is the Big Ten and the SEC. You want to be in those leagues that are clearing massive amounts of money, that are getting massive TV contracts. You want to be attached to the big brands in the league. That's what everybody wants. And so if you're Oregon and Washington, like you might have strong feelings about wanting to be in the Pac-12. You might have that. But in the end of the day, like you need to do what's best. What's best for business is going out there and joining the Big Ten. No matter what monetary gap there's going to be for that period of time, like you need to go and join the Big Ten Conference and you need to do it ASAP. And they did. And that was smart of them to do that. Um, and really, like, it just shows you, like, you know, the ball was not as much in the Big 12's court as, as I think people were saying. You know, there are a lot of folks out there who are like, everybody in the Pac-12 is done. And they just want to go. And I'd said this all along, folks. I was like, look, these schools do not want to leave. They're showing this commitment to wanting to be in the, Big the Pac-12 conference. And they're going to do whatever they can to stay there. But like it just got to a point where they hit a roadblock and Oregon and Washington, I think we're just waiting for the moment you know, for it to happen. And I think the Big Ten and Fox eventually said, look, let's just make this thing happen. It's going to happen eventually. Let's do it now. We, we should not leave these brands on the table. And they made the call. And at that point, what happens here is, you know, uh, it sounds like Mac Rhodes contact or uh, I believe Brett Yormark's contact from Utah reached out to them. The leadership set up a morning, uh, a meeting the next morning. And at that point, it sounds like your Mark knew, hey, we're back in the game. So the dream scenario had come true. This is Max Olson here. The Big 12 was landing Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. The Buffaloes were already on board, but the defection of the rest of the so-called four corner schools went from improbable to inevitable when Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov couldn't secure an acceptable TV deal. The Big 10 made its move. I will say this. So like, it's not all your mark. We have to admit that. And I would say the final uh, kind of nail in the coffin is not Brett Yormark either. The final nail in the coffin was the Big Ten. The big power players always making the move. But I'll tell you what, guys, having Colorado on board when Brett Yormark did was massively important because that's one more school. It's like, you know, the back 12 was already in a spot where they're going to have to backfill schools anyway. Just having one school in your pocket being like, look, there's already one here. It's just the next natural move for those other schools in the area to come here as well. Having that in your back pocket to me was massively important for the Big uh, the Big 12. And the good news is here too, like, you know, it's like the Big 12 can't be blamed at the end of the Pac-12. It's not them who did it. It's the Big 10 ultimately who ended up putting, you know, so if you want to blame your mark, you really can but if you're a if you're a Big Twelve sympathizer, you would say also too, and I would agree with the statement. Like Brett Yormark put them in the right position. But here's the thing, guys, to acknowledge this too: like the Big Twelve is not the Big Ten, it's not the SEC. If you say that, you're a dumbass. Like it's just straight up. Like if you think if you think the Big Twelve is on par with those conferences in any way, shape, or form, you are a dumbass. Do not give me this crap 
about, well, we saw them play a game in the, in, in the, uh, and TCU beat Michigan. Yeah. It's an awesome win. The big 12 deserves respect on a national stage. They they deserved it before it. They deserved it after it. But like, we're talking about when the, you know, these conferences as business entities and as, as how TV companies see them and how like we as a public value them, the big 10 and the sec are the big dogs. That's why everybody kind of circling around them is making moves, right? The, the, the football universe, college football universe is circling around those conferences. And so I have always said this, that what killed the PAC 12 was George Klyavkov and their leadership's failure to acknowledge that they were not those conferences and Brett Yormark's success in realizing that they were not those conferences and handling business like you aren't a big two. Being an innovator, trying to compete as much as possible. But guys, we're seeing this right now. Like the Big 12, you know, if you take away Oklahoma and Texas, they do not have a team that's, I think Kansas State ends up being a top 15 team at the end of the season. I, I legitimately believe that. I think they're one of the best 15 teams in the country. And I think TCU actually ends up being a top 20 team. I think TCU's got some momentum right now. I think they've got two of the best 20 programs in the country. But like, you know, the Pac-12 is going away next year. Sure, whatever. And, and they'll add some more. But think about like the, the, the teams that are in the top. And we're comparing conferences. And I'm going to leave out the Pac-12 because once again, they're going away. We're talking about like who is in what kind look, you can even spread those schools out like other conferences. Georgia SEC, one. Michigan, Big Ten. Texas, future SEC. Ohio State, Big Ten. FSU, ACC, so it's different. Penn State, Big Ten. Washington, future Big Ten, obviously, currently Pac-12. USC, future Pac-12. Oregon, future Pac-12. Utah, good news, coming to your league. Notre Dame, uh, Alabama, SEC. LSU, SEC. Oklahoma, SEC. UNC, Wazoo is there too, Duke, Miami. So you're seeing, you know, you get some more variation there in the back end, but still like at the top 20, there is one, two, three, four, oh, five, six, at least six current or future SEC schools. And there is one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, let's see, six current or future Big Ten schools in there. Right. So you're seeing where the Big 12 stacks up. And so Brett Yormark acknowledges where they are. And I'm just in the top 25, like think about top programs and all those things. Right. So Brett Yormark acknowledges that. And that's why he, he was always in the right position. And I think understood. And that's why, honestly, I think those schools that are joining the league should be confident because like you've got leadership that understands who you are. Is he trying to further the Big 12 brand? Yes, he is. But he understands. And he's looking at this thing in the landscape and saying, oh my God, you know, look at this. And I'll tell you this too, guys. Like Brett Yormark, once again, I've criticized him a little bit for being too much of a businessman too, but that is what makes him successful. He is, he, he lives in New York. This article talks about it, guys. He's a big 12 commissioner. He lives in New York, right? So like, he's not a big 12 guy. Big 12 country is not his, not his, um, you know, stomping grounds, but he's also a guy who had success working in NASCAR. And I've worked uh, NASCAR radio for Sirius XM for, for months and months and got a really good sense of who the people are that love that sport. Like, that's they're not the same constituents, right? It's, it's, it's not really this. There's not a lot of meshing there, but Brett Yormark knows how to identify fans and groups and, and uh, find value in different kinds of products. And that's what he did with the big 12 conference. Right. And this kind of talks more about that. He said, listen, in life, you've got to get lucky, but in some respects you create your own luck. That's what Brett Yormark did guys. That's the entire point of what I just said. They created their own luck. They put themselves in the position they got lucky with how it shook out, but the strong decisions they made in getting TV contracts, 
uh, and in getting rid of Oklahoma and Texas too, so you can actually focus on you know courting new schools, puts you in the right spot at the right time. You did create your own luck. You did change commissioners. You got lucky about when Oklahoma and Texas left because your response was able to be quick and pick up quality G5 schools to stabilize what you have and then put yourself in position. And also, you know, uh, um, you created your own luck too. You created it because you were actually after the Pac-12 in terms of TV uh, uh, television contract order, but you jumped them and got the right deal while they waited, right? So they did need stuff to go their way, but Brett, your marketing company created their own luck. It says when the Big 12 neared the end of its commissioner search in the summer of 2022, finalists were being asked to bring something into their in-person interview, a big idea, something original, innovative, achievable. Brett couldn't just bring one idea, Baylor president Linda Livingston said. He had 10. I have talked about this ad nauseum. And I, this is even before I knew this quote, guys. He is going to throw stuff at the wall. And the people, the presidents, aren't going to love all of it. But if they like one or two things that he have and it's different and they like that, that is good, right? That's what we want. Livingston remembers talking through the list of about 20 candidates um, with uh, turnkey uh, ZRGs, Lena, uh, Len Perna, in the search. Perna brought up your mark. He acknowledged 55-year-old Rock Nation CEO was an outside the box, but impressive enough to merit a long look. Texas Tech President Lawrence uh, Chauvinek who led the three-person search committee with Livingstone and Kansas Chancellor Doug Giroud, uh, I think it's Gerard or Giroud, whoever it is, said the Big 12 board labeled your mark as high risk, high reward, baby. Not baby, but that's just me putting it in there. But that's why they needed. And they did need that. And they, they got the right guy and he's made all the right choices so far. And that's how he did this. Your mark and his presidents and ADs pushed them to consider departing their destabilizing league and, uh, you know, these, these, these schools he says they weren't ready. The Pac-12 had just begun talking with ESPN and Fox about its next TV deal. Klyavkov fought back at Pac-12 Media Day, accusing the Big 12 of lobbing grenades to destroy the league. Guys, once again, that they did that to themselves, but also the Big 10 is the one that ultimately took it down. The night before, Brett Yormark had texted Klyavkov, reminded him, it's not personal, it's business. Oh, my God. The fact that he says that, man, I mean, you know, I think about it all the time. You know, uh, I think I watched The Wire. I'm not sure if you all out there are fans of The Wire. They talk about it so much in that show, man. It's just business. I just say it's the game. It's how it's played. And look, the Big 12 has, and I think in the future could be on the wrong end of some business decisions. And Brett Yormark understands it's not personal. It's just business. So he's going to do everything he can, you know, fight, scratch, and claw. You know, it's just, in the end of the day, it's just business. That's all this is, guys. Buy for a dollar. I think it's um, uh, it's this is the pr uh, quote from Prop Joe. Prop Joe in the wire says, "String is ju just good business. You buy for a dollar, you sell for two. That's all this is." Now they're talking about selling drugs, but like this is kind of the same concept, right? I mean, this is not personal; it's just business. The business says the Big Twelve needs to survive. What do you do to survive? Add more schools. And Cleopatra uh, says, you look at the metrics, you look at the numbers, and any way you cut it, slice it and dice it, the numbers say you can come out with the conclusion that, that no Pac-12 school is going to be in the Big 12. Um, uh, it's Let's see, hon. Yeah, Klyavkov said that. While Klyavkov was taking shots in Vegas, your mark was already thinking ahead on his next move, jumping the Pac-12 in line for a new TV deal. It says, if you're ESPN and Fox, does it hurt you to open up with the Big 12 right now and see the side-by-side what's the better long-term uh, commitment? 
Your mark got his wish. Once again, Big 12 is getting $31.7 million annually per member. Uh, pro, -rata, pro rata clause too. And also, guys, this is big. They're back on the market before the SEC and the, uh, the ACC. Right, I think the SEC is in the 2030s. And then obviously ACC is 2036. And so the Big Ten will be up later on. And look, like the Big Ten is the Big Ten. But once again, the, the Big 12 never thought they were the Big Ten. So that stuff does not apply to them. They know that. And I've said this a lot, guys. This is my opinion. The Big 12, it can be the main dish, right? If, if we're talking about a meal, it can be the main entree. But if you're talking about a college football slate in which we are discussing, uh, and, and slates are obviously, you know, they're dictated by what happens, right? What happens with the, um, you know, with like how rankings shake out and all of those things. But the Big 12 is going to have five course meal. It can be like, you know, hey, the great mashed potatoes next to the steak, the green beans, the good bread. Uh, you know, they can, and, and honestly, I made this analogy before, you know, I like biscuits a lot. Who doesn't like biscuits? I went to a steakhouse in Philadelphia of all places for my grandmother's 95th birthday. This was in April. They brought out biscuits before the meal. That's like their bread. The best biscuits I've ever had. I had like a hundred dollar steak or whatever it was, you know, 50, 50, between 50 and hundred dollar steak. The best thing I ate was the biscuits before the meal. And so it's a side dish. And honestly, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the thing that they just give you to start the meal off. But sometimes that's the best thing. And the Big 12, that is what they are. They are the great creme brulee after the meal. They are the wine that pairs with the duck. They are all of those things. And sometimes that's the best thing. Most Saturdays, sure. Alabama versus LSU. Penn State versus Ohio State. That's your main course. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Alabama, Texas. That will be your main course. But sometimes the Big 12 gives you some bangers like Baylor TCU where, hey, it's on Fox, so it's on a big network. But, man, you think about massive games and games that mattered in the scheme of things last year. TCU's comeback and the fire drill field goal against Baylor was an unexpected but quite welcome result, right? Wow, Kansas TCU, nobody looked at that one going into the year, but all of a sudden college game day is there and those two teams banging out on the field in a – instant classic back and forth. That was a fantastic game. And so they do produce these moments. The big 12 produces this great action. And Brett Yormark knows we can produce that, but we can't treat ourselves like we are that right. We can't go and say, look, Baylor TCU, they should be massive, more massive brands. You should respect them more. No, but here's the thing is like our games are competitive and they will deliver. One of the reports sports business journal, what they said was, one of the reasons why Fox wanted to re-up was because of how competitive the Big 12 conference was. And it's moments like that. It's games like that that provide that, right? I mean, KU is playing, you know, Texas this week, and that's a big storyline. And the reason why hey, Texas is going to the SEC, sure, whatever, but like storyline too, because KU upset the Apple card a couple of years ago and beat them. They've got star players now, and it's a compelling matchup. It's a 230 ABC. And so, you know, like the Big 12 has these schools – that can punch above their weight class at certain moments. Sometimes they don't, but the Big 12 is fun. It is compelling, it is exciting. And Brett Yormark understood that product. He got all of that. Um, and so, you know, perhaps leaving money on the table with new bidders like Apple and Amazon emerging, they, they might have done that, but the conference needed financial security and stability and exposure. And once again, guys, I don't know if it's necessarily true because the Big 12 waited longer the Pac-12 gets a deal. The Big 12 could just be in the same spot the Pac-12 was in. The conference got the stability and security and exposure it needed. They're on ESPN. They're on Fox. 
They've got basketball. It's going to those places, right? Along with the football they already offer. In hindsight, the Big 12 was fortunate to re-up with the ESPN and Fox when it did, right? Um, given the state of today's media landscape. Locking in a grant of rights and getting a long-form contract executed by end of June was critical for being taken seriously in its expansion pursuits. The deal was a catalyst for everything the Big 12 has done. Looks back on it now, is what your mark says. It was obviously uh, one of those critical moments ever in the history of the conference. Your mark rolled out a variety of new initiatives, including a Big 12 Pro Day, Rocker Park camps, all that stuff. Um, and it also says, too, Brett, your mark was not going to beg. Needed the schools that wanted to be aligned with the Big 12 and weren't just settling for it at the Pac-12 got a bad deal. I want someone who runs to us. He sat down with Robert Robbins at the men's final four in Houston and told him, frankly, not going to be your life preserver. And I had talked about this two guys. It's really interesting that uh, the Big 12, like, you know, they, they put these offers out here, but if Arizona and those schools, the four corner schools, like ran out of options, the Big 12 could have played hardball and it's like, all right, we're not going to offer you as much as we were before. You know, the, because it's like, you, you need us. You are in a bad spot. You need what we are offering right now. I think it's compelling that they could have, you know, things could have been like that. But ultimately the Big 12, I, I think they could say that. But the thing is like adding more schools at the price that they could have added them at was really, uh, it was a good business move. So like they, they should not have been trying to play pass in my opinion, because it always would have made the conference better to add them. By early April, Yormark believed he could get Colorado. The Pac-12 pushed back its timeline uh, to late spring, early summer. Big 12 commissioner leaned on intel from his Rolodex of TV contacts. Good God, does that come in handy? They're all telling him Klyavkov had misplayed his hand. He knew the Pac-12 was in trouble. And I'll say this too. like I didn't know how it was going to go in the end, but I got that sense too as time went along. I love my guy Spencer McLaughlin, but I was telling him, I was like, man, like this is not going well. Like, Every day you're closer to a deadline, you can't tell me the, the value of the league is going up. The end of May, the Big 12 presidents, chancellors, and ADs flew to West Virginia for a three-day meeting at the Greenbrier, wonderful place. Their retreat at the historic luxury resort was the first time leadership every Big 12 school, including the new members, gathered together. They devised the expansion game plan. Colorado remained the consensus priority, because I think if you get one, you get more. Your market already met with them again, and once again, you guys know they were pretty quiet. Your mark believed they were becoming fed up with the Pac-12 and might not wait for their TV deal. We talked a lot about being patient, Linda Livingston said, the Big 12 board chair. Brett is not a naturally patient person. You know that. We can tell that. He knew in this case that strategically the best thing to do was to be patient. But also, guys, they kept putting the pressure on. Like You can tell the media-wise like they were putting the pressure on. Yeah, Brett Yormark was, the president's, obviously, and I think a lot of the you know sources and leaking stuff were. Uh, and that was huge for them. And things got played out the way they thought it would. The Pac-12's media rights negotiations dragged on with few leaks and no known deadline. At that point, Chauvinick admits that flipping all four schools looked challenging. We are thinking maybe two. He said, and briefly discussed Memphis, San Diego State, and other expansion candidates. San Diego, Strait, San Diego State strongly preferred joining the Pac-12 compared to the Big 12. We talked about that in the show, too. Your mark didn't appreciate that. He'd met with Gonzaga, but those talks never got serious. UConn was different. It was no secret. Your mark was interested in inviting the Huskies, the Big 12. Pac-12 schools stuck together. How far did it get? Your mark traveled to stores for a campus visit after the Huskies' national title and later had a second meeting with the leadership in New York. The commissioner saw something his peers did not, a proven brand name in men's and women's basketball that gets the league into New York City and the East Coast. He believed Jim Mora has the football program currently owned for, heading in the right direction. He trusted over time UConn would add value. I think it's it's 
I was never on board with this all the way. And I don't know how important New York is. I did think the idea of the big 12 basketball tournament um, in, in Madison square garden is interesting because it's the best basketball conference in the country playing there. It's interesting to me, but it wasn't like a necessity. That's something I think need the league needed to do. Um, he said, I'm all about scenario management and think that uh, that's critically important. We vetted them all, all the time, try to go down parallel paths and, you know, trying to figure things out. So still, it was always going to be tough to build support for that edition. ESPN and Fox were willing to pay full price for uh, Pac-12 editions. The Big 12 board wanted Power 5 schools. It, it, that's really what they wanted in the end. Uh, there were moments when the Big 12 and Pac-12 could have worked together. Bowles, we flew to Montana in 21 to discuss a partnership. Uh, your Mark Klyavkov didn't get very far. But, you know, you could tell at that point in time, like it was trending this one direction. Uh, and so they get this, this. This piece is just so fascinating. In August, your Mark finally visited campuses. Uh, he hit it off with Colorado president. Uh, or he hit it off with Coach Prime. That's not shocking at all. Uh, the new head coach, you know, he probably had a good conversation with him. You know, Big 12 modernizing the brand. And I'll tell you what, guys, those two guys. Oh, my Lord. Uh, there is one team that Brett Yormark wants to win and be involved all the time, Colorado. It's what they want. I mean, because Brett Yormark understands brand, brand name, and and just kind of, you know, like getting that, getting that vibe, get, you know, getting that thing going, this energy there. And I think Deion Sanders obviously does too. Uh, and so I think that's why those two you know, definitely hit it off. Once they got Colorado on board, Arizona, obviously I think that that school was the next one up. Uh, and so you just kind of track all of this uh, along the way, but nobody wanted to be the straw that broke the Campbell's back. Colorado leaving was damaging, but did not guarantee it. But I think it kind of you know helps push the big 10 didn't want to do it, but I, why does the big 10 even care? Right? Like who cares in the end of the big 10 killed the PAC 12? What does that actually mean? Nobody's blaming the big 10 it's business buy for dollar sell for two. And they're selling that for like eight and, or nine right now in this analogy with how much the big 10 television contract is worth. Uh, so some inside the Big 12 believe the Wildcats needed Arizona State or Utah to go with them. I always thought Arizona State and Arizona would go together, but it sounds like Arizona wanted to be first and we're kind of fed up with the Arizona State leadership. The timeline, though, Colorado, it sped, up, it sped that thing up, right? A five-year deal with an annual base rate of $23 million was what was proposed, guys. And I always said this, too. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but like if you think about $30 million, $31.7 million, and how much of a haircut you're willing to take, like four or five is fine. But once you start going to eight or nine, and this is roughly 9 million, that's like a third, right? Or, you know, a, nearly a third in the ballpark of a third. That's a massive, massive risk to take. Even if you have a chance to get more, like that's a massive risk to take. And that's a third of your budget. So like you, you go and take the smart money. Uh, and so soon after the end of the meetings, they got that proposal. Robbins made overtures about Big 12 membership to keep that door open. By the end of the day at Thursday night, the board meeting, Arizona State, uh, you know, they were going to stick together and do it. And then kind of things went sideways for them. You know, they kind of, there was more pushback. Uh, Robbins went into Friday's meeting ready to accept the Apple deal, though, that night. You know, I think that was something that they, they or that morning, rather. Um, Yulmar didn't get a call about how the meeting went, which wasn't a good sign. He thought, okay, we might be losing this. Big 12 leadership would see how Pac-12 meetings played out. Knowingly, they might have to regroup and do the UConn thing over again. Around 6.55 a.m. PT, uh, Pacific time, Robin said he received a call from Oregon President John Carl Scholes. The Ducks were Big Ten bound. It's pretty much over. That's what he said. In an instant, the three schools had to change their mind. 
Robbins had been in constant conversation with Crow in Utah, President Taylor Randall leading up to that morning, and then kind of was all over from that point forward. Uh, and also, too, you know, the Utes were, were uneasy about the Apple offer as well. They were worried about what games were going to be on. And once again, that's the Big 12 getting visibility that ultimately comes in and saves the day, right? It also says, too, Arizona State had always been the least engaged of the four. Crow and AD Ray Anderson were adamant about staying in the Pac-12 and did not express interest in the months leading up to the Friday morning meeting. Crow genuinely liked the Apple offer. After doing all he could to preserve the league, he now needed to smooth things over with your mark. That's fine. Like, I, I think your mark knows once again, it's business. He told Brett, you can't penalize me for being loyal to the Pac-12 because as loyal as I was to the Pac-12, I'm going to be that loyal to you. Your mark said, that really resonated with me. It was heartfelt. Well, look, like, I think, too, leadership is not – look, leadership at that school is a temporary, and it feels like ASU's leadership is uh, not long for this world. So Brett Yormark being spiteful anyway would have been bad business. I think we can all kind of agree on that. Yormark held one more board meeting to officially accept the three new members. The addition of Colorado had been feted uh, with a Michael Jordan-inspired their back. Much more – you know, they went much more classic with the next one. Uh, that's kind of how they approached that one. The Big 12's expansion move was a team effort from start to finish, supported by a tight-knit, like-minded group of stakeholders that aimed to grow the conference without messing up that alignment. For your mark, everything felt right in the first AD meeting. It was very natural. That's what he said. Uh, so, you know, this much is also clear. Nobody in the Big 12 feels good about the demise of the Pac-12. I think we all kind of agree with that. I've mentioned that too. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to do, but also like that is what this business is. And, Closing the, the deal with the four Pac-12 schools they'd coveted came down to strategy, persistence, relationships, timing, and a lot of luck. It was a milestone moment for the Big 12. Hardly a sure thing, but ultimately hard-earned. Now the fun part starts. Guys, that's kind of, you know, I mean, what else do you have to say? Like, and now that's the challenge. And I think the one next big challenge to me is, all right, how do you identify what this league has? How do you pair that with the changing landscape of college football and make sure the league adapts and changes to it. And once again, in the end of the day, performance on the field is what matters most. The schools need to win games. They need to be valuable in the sense of like, oh, we cannot have a college football playoff without teams like Oklahoma State or TCU or Baylor getting, you know, uh, considered and, you know, schools like that. And so it's important. That's why winning, you know, is what matters. And that's why last year was really important. And the Big 12 needs to repeat that. I think they'll have some chances with some schools like Utah and schools like TCU, I think they'll have some UCF. They can keep growing too, but they have to learn. But you you know, Brett Yormark always focused on the future. All right, we'll do these stuff about the CFP at a later date. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on the Twitters at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. All right, folks. See you guys next time.